Brought on by the lovely Debbie McGee. Brought on by the ever lovely Debbie McGee. Brought on by the ever lovely Debbie McGee. Hi everyone, it's Debbie McGee, known as the lovely Debbie McGee. It's my brand new podcast, Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee, in which you will find out whether I'm really lovely or not, or whether it's just a myth. But I hope that you'll join me every week to hear different stories from my life. You know, what motivates me, what's happened to me, who I've met, and, uh, you know, how I met my late husband, Paul Daniels. That's in Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Hi everyone, and here we are with another Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Yes, this is number four. And in this one, I'm talking about my honeymoon (laughs) and a rainstorm of cockroaches. So I hope you enjoy. Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Welcome back, everyone, to Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. I can't believe we're up to podcast number four already. Where is the time going? This week, I'm going to tell you how I got the title of the lovely Debbie McGee. It wasn't really, I don't think, to do with me being lovely. It was the very first series for the BBC that I ever did with Paul Daniels. And the first episode I was involved in, my introduction was Paul saying, and here is the lovely Debbie McGee and it just stuck he used it every time he introduced me so other people picked up on it if I went and did a radio show they'd introduce me and say our next guest is the lovely Debbie McGee and here we are all those years later over 30 years later that even on my BBC Radio Berkshire Sunday morning radio show my jingle is you're listening to BBC Radio Berkshire with the lovely Debbie McGee so who would have thought people would still be calling me it so it's um, a nice title to have it's better than the horrible Debbie McGee isn't it (laughs) so I was trying to think of what stories I could tell you this week on the podcast and one that sprung to mind was Paul and I were very lucky that we sailed quite a bit on the old QE2 which really was a magnificent cruise liner cruise ship it was you know old style silver service very very elegant but we also did a couple of special trips on it and one of them was when the queen was getting on and uh, there were you know some big named um, show business people that were going to be entertaining and uh from very early the morning of the day she was getting on, um, divers were going under the ship, you know, there were security men everywhere, and it was all very, very high security, as you can imagine. Well, we, Paul and I were in the middle of the afternoon, were watching a rehearsal in the cabaret room, and there was a stage with two staircases that came down to the stage, you know, like in the grand old houses on Hollywood musicals and things, and Hollywood with movies it was like that now to even get into that room you had to get past high security and the people rehearsing on stage uh, was the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra with Andre Previn conducting and there were four trumpeters on one of the staircases at the bottom of the stairs when in the middle of this rehearsal when they were giving like the the trumpet fanfare practicing for the queen walking down the stairs that night this little old um, American lady 
walked down the stairs and one of the reasons I can remember it is because not just because she got through all this security and everything was that she had an orange crocheted dress on an orange crocheted hat an orange crocheted handbag and bright orange shoes and you know she dotted her way down not realizing she was in the middle of the rehearsal you know I don't think it bothered her at all and it of course it all stopped because the whole of the orchestra and Andre Previn were laughing and all of us that were in the audience just watching waiting for our turn to rehearse we were all in absolute hysterics and to this day we never found out how she got on uh, not she of course she was a passenger on the ship but how she got into that room spill the tea with debbie mcgee you know you want to Another story um, I wanted to tell you was we also used to do quite a lot of trips for the military. Paul had done his national service in Hong Kong and he loved supporting our guys and gals who are in the military. So we went to some incredible places and had really fascinating times because they always made sure that they'd give us a good time and one of the trips was to Belize in Central America when we still had our military there and I can remember the first night we arrived in Belize City uh, which isn't the capital but it's there's two sort of big towns in Belize um, it was like going back into um, a 40s music, musical or musical movie with Humphrey Bogart. And when we got shown to our room, the lighting was very dim and it was the old Bakelite fittings. And there was a mosquito net over the bed. And I can remember the man showing us into our room and saying, um, now there's the mosquito net and I would advise you to put all your shoes under there so that a tarantula or a scorpion, um, you know, doesn't crawl in there during the night. And I was thinking, oh my goodness. Anyway, that was the first night. And after that, we were taken every day to different places in Belize to go and visit people. And I can remember that there was one place that we went to and we were sitting in uh, the only way I can describe it is a grass hut with officers and their wives that were living out there having this very elegant dinner with loads of you know beautiful crockery on the table when all of a sudden it started to rain now the sides of this were open and it was like a thatched grassy roof so from the roof, with the rain, it started raining cockroaches all over us. They were just falling everywhere on the dinner. You know, I screamed and was quite horrified. But they were so used to it over there that the lady sitting next to me with her hair all done beautifully just was flicking them out of her hair and off the side of her plate and whatever and they all just continued eating as if nothing had happened and just said to me oh don't worry it happens all the time but I, it wasn't um, a natural thing to me I have to say and I don't think I finished my dinner after I'd seen one running around the edge of my plate also while we were there I can remember being taken to one outpost where we were taken by helicopter and uh, we w had to walk over this rickety bridge to get to the other side where we were going to go and do a very small show and just chat to the soldiers on the other side and <laughs> I was being sort of you know escorted by two lovely young soldiers who as we went over the bridge there was a big tree hanging over it and they said be really careful Debbie we need to run now because there's a tree python in that tree and you know they're huge and um 
I don't know because I'm quite gullible, but I, I never knew whether actually that was true or they were pulling my leg to see if I was scared. And another story that they told me was about three SAS guys who were on some sort of um, practice out in the jungle in Belize and um, that they were asleep one night and one of them nudged his friend next to him and he had um, a snake eating his way up this guy's arm and so he said to his friend can you chop it off and the guy said is your hand clenched or are your fingers straight so that he knew where he was chopping he wouldn't chop the guy's hand off I mean all the things that they had to put up with out there you know snakes and all the creepy crawlies and then one outpost that we went to we flew by helicopter and the only way to land it was on a ridge where two soldiers were waiting and literally lifted me out of the helicopter onto this ridge and helped pull and we had to lay on our tummies the helicopter didn't stop its rotors but we laid on our tummies until the helicopter took off so that then it was safe to walk along this ridge to where their sort of small encampment was and when we went into their room they got a present for me and it was a wooden box with a glass top and inside was a dead huge tarantula and they said oh you know this is our hobby catching the tarantulas and then we framed them so we did take it home and Paul who you know was a wicked joker he wrapped it up that Christmas for my mum which really wasn't fair and he did get um reprimanded for trying to scare his mother-in-law but he was always getting into uh, trouble with her so so it wasn't anything new um so also um another thing that people are always asking me was what was my wedding like well Paul and I had uh, quite a big wedding and we had a marquee in the house in the garden of the house that we'd bought when we got married and um it was it was dressed beautifully inside. It was in the early days of when they'd started to really dress up marquees. And we were the first, I think, to have flower arrangements where the vase was very tall and the flowers cascaded up high so that you could see underneath them to the people at the opposite side of the table to you. I had like a Cinderella horse-drawn uh, glass coach and Paul drove to where we were getting married in the registry office. Um, in He had a Ferrari, oh yes, a bright red Ferrari at that time. And we, after the wedding, it was in Beaconsfield registry office, which had a balcony and a green outside. There was a six mile um, tailback of traffic that had come behind my glass coach. And then apparently everybody, of course, then realised it was our wedding and it all got blocked up and completely congested in Beaconsfield um, while people got out and had a look and waited for us to come out and things and then we all went back to the marquee in our garden where we had Mickey Mouse and a flunky showing people where to park their cars which was quite fun and um, and then we had uh, 
I suppose you'd call it um, an instruction scroll as you went inside the marquee and with lots of things we we gave credits to who'd done the food and who'd done the marquee and all things like that and the weather was by Robert Powell of course who um, had done a few religious movies in his time and he was a guest at our wedding Um, and it was just a magnificent day with lots of friends a few friends from show business Uh, Robert Powell I've said was there Barbara Windsor was there and uh, some other lovely people and some that are not with us anymore like Adam Faith who a lot of you will remember as a a pop star in the 60s and then became an actor and then a financial advisor and then went back into acting and I absolutely adored Adam Faith and still miss him today Um, so after the wedding Paul and I drove uh, to a lovely hotel near Heathrow and then we flew to Los Angeles and we had another wedding reception party in LA because it was also a few days after our wedding, it was Paul's birthday. And so we had a big party at the Magic Castle um, in Hollywood and uh, with lots of magic friends and other friends in Los Angeles. Uh, We had a what would you call call it? Yeah, we had another private dinner party where they had a Houdini room in the Magic Castle where lots of strange and interesting ghosty type things happen, um, like a seance, I suppose. Um, So that was very special. So we had that. And then we flew to Las Vegas and we um, stayed in a friend's apartment. You can look him up, actually, Ron Lucas. He's a ventriloquist with a fantastic doll, which is a dragon called Scorch. And he did do lots of work on TV over here and a few pantos. But mostly he is American and he mostly works in Las Vegas and in America. So Ron and his wife had... um, let us use their apartment. So we went to loads of shows and met up with lots of friends in Las Vegas. And then we flew on to uh, Hawaii and we stayed on the big island of Hawaii. And then we did island hot. We did a month of a week in different islands on Hawaii, which was just beautiful. And, you know, I will never forget it. It was a wonderful time. And then on the way back, we flew via San Francisco and we'd gone for a walk. We were we were just staying overnight. So the next morning we got up early. We went for a walk and we were in this little kind of toy shop, joke shop place in San Francisco. And I noticed a poster on the wall about a magic seminar and it was with a really good friend of ours and who and we hadn't told anybody that we're in San Francisco we didn't actually know many people in San Francisco so um, we quickly got a taxi to the hotel where he was giving his um, seminar and he by the time we got there it was the end and he was just signing his lecture notes and things for people and so we queued up and then made some funny comment and he looked up and saw it was us. So that was kind of a special ending to our honeymoon. And then we flew home about um, two hours later. Spill the tea with Debbie McGee. So next week, I'm hoping to get my Strictly partner, who I had for the series, Giovanni Pernici, um, to talk with me, if I can get the technology to work. We had a long chat yesterday and uh, said it would be lovely to get him on and I can interview him and you can hear some of his stories. So I hope you'll join me then with podcast number five with Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Um, Until then, stay safe. Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. You know you want to.